Good evening. Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. This is Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. And uh, we are here. Um, this might be a Christmas episode. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's it's hard to find uh, stuff for this podcast that is Christmassy. So, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I know Matt, we were talking about at some point, when we when we do uh, half human, doing it for like Christmas, just because there's snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we have very very loose parameters when it comes to Christmas and uh, monster stuff. Yeah, that that's that's the uh, that's that's as like loose as <laughs> as we are, just because there's not much. So this this movie that we're talking about has a scene that takes place at Christmas. So I don't know. We did Rex last year. Yeah, we, I mean that's technically Christmas. Oh I yeah, guess, no, you know. that's that's like that is a that's actually like a Christmas thing. This is just like I don't know. We're we're really uh, stretching the uh, <laughs> the definition of Christmas movie. So it's kind of like a Hanukkah special then. <laughs> Might as well be, you know. Hey, uh, this this takes place in December. And anyway, that was our friend. Uh, uh, Kevin, Mazer Patrol Kevin, back again, um, as, hello, he, hello. as he often is. Um, so yeah, uh, this is uh, a movie, f- I mean, um, I guess technically 2021, although it didn't actually get released until 2022, um, which was October. Anyway... Uh, we are talking about a independent film from the U.S. of A. Actually, called E.K. Boys, um, and uh, behind the scenes, there's some some familiar faces. Um, we have some uh, effects stuff by uh, the Chiodo Brothers of Killer Clowns and Ernest Scared Stupid fame. Um, and more, I guess, uh, pertaining to our interests on this podcast, we have uh, a tokusatsu sequence from Daisuke Sato, from uh, uh, who did uh, Halb from Beyond the Fog, um, and uh, you know some some that was done by uh, in Japan with the whole Japanese tokusatsu unit. Um, and the subject matter is very, you know, uh, nerdy 
kaiju and anime stuff. Um, there's uh, some a cameo from uh, Shusuke Kaneko and his brother Jiro and Shinji Higuchi has a cameo. Um, so uh, I don't know. We'll we'll maybe try and figure out the mystery of how all these people came together for like such a low budget <laughs> like American independent film. Um uh oh and uh you also have uh Yumiko Shaku from Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla in a, a prominent supporting role. Um along with Billy Zane, um who is not like a kaiju guy, but I mean, I don't know. I'd watch a kaiju movie with Billy Zane. Um, anyway. And Ben Browder. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. He's like the dad. Um, so yeah, there's some, some, some well-known character actors in this thing also. So, Like I said, I mean, a movie has to have been really low budget. So, I mean, not going to lie, pretty, pretty impressive that there's, you know, all these, all these people involved. Um and this is uh, directed by, and uh, I believe the first feature film directed by this guy uh, is it Eric McIver? Mc McIver? McEver? I think it's McEver. Uh, apologies, Eric, if you're listening. I also feel awkward if you're listening. Uh, but, uh... Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, um, I don't know. I whenever we review a, a, an American movie, usually the independent ones where the uh the people making it are involved in this fandom which is already like tiny so it's like i recognize like there are these people may very well be listening um i mean we're we're gonna be honest we're gonna give our honest feedback um and we're gonna stick to it and you know i mean any anything that we say that may or may be critical or harsh you know I always I always start these episodes like this like it is not personal like I I it's not meant to be disrespectful it's just hey this is just you know these are just supposed to be genuine reviews and it's not it's nothing against you and uh you know I'm sure all these guys are really nice and cool folks that I would I wouldn't mind hanging out with but anyway uh, so, uh, Kevin sort of, kind of, is, I don't know if I want to say you know Eric, but, um, you've interacted with him, and, you know, you, you have a, you know, like, awareness of each other's existence, at least, right? Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> like my Facebook post earlier this week, so, um, but, um, yeah, ba- basically, it, it was a, it was kind of a chance meeting, um, uh, I was in Tokyo in 2019 uh, with my uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Uh, we were in a bar, and this um, this group of people come in and they sit at the table next to us. And I kind of do a double take because one of the people sitting at that table is Kitaka Taguchi, and I think no, that that can't be right. But uh, you know this. Uh, foreigner is at the that group um and he strikes up a conversation with my wife because they're sitting right next to each other and he says oh you you like ultraman my friend here actually directs ultraman and like ah, i i thought so 
but uh, that uh, American guy was Eric, and um, and we got to talking, and he was talking about how he was working with Daisuke Sato and doing um, subtitles for uh, Hal from Beyond the Fog, and uh, he was also a filmmaker himself, so he sent me uh, one of his short films, and I kind of was just like, okay, whatever, I watch a short film, and then I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is this is actually really like well put together. And I don't usually expect that from, from amateur projects. Um, Especially like when you just meet a guy and he's like, Oh, Hey, check out my movie, man. And then, you know, you go home and it's some like some garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff like that's happened to me before. (laughs) But, but yeah, yeah, this, uh, the short film, uh, Paleonaut, which is, um, kind of, kind of this, it's a drama about, uh, an explorer who's being sent back in time to colonize the past. Uh, so, you know, in terms of actual like monster content, there's really only like one shot at the end of the movie, but it's, it's like a well done drama. So I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is actually really good. Um, so fast forward a, a few months when Eric's talks about how he's doing a feature and like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. And then he keeps announcing like other people that are involved with it. And like, how, how'd you get this person? And he's just like, eh, you know, you'd be surprised who says, okay, when you ask them. So, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, stoked for this, for this movie to, uh, to come out. So, uh, I don't know, maybe that makes me biased, take my opinions with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, I meant to watch paleo not before I did this, but I just, I don't know. I've just been work's been crazy, and I just literally just kept forgetting. You know, um, when I've been coming home, like usually when I have free time by myself, like I've been watching a uh, Common Rider Black Sun, which I'm really into right now. Um, so, side note, that's that's a recommendation from me. Not through the whole thing yet, but I'm I'm really liking it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I mean, I was looking forward to this when you know I started to hear about it, and especially all the the, the people that <clears throat> were involved. Uh, what what did he do with um, Howl from Beyond the Fog? Uh, he was responsible for the translation, so mm. uh, getting it you know translated into English. Uh, now I know that there's some weirdness with some of those subtitles. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> is, is he responsible for the subtitles or? <laughs> uh, I maybe maybe one of the one of the passes, but um, anyway, uh, it, but yeah, I, I remember um, you know hearing about this, and then of course um, there was a, a pretty cool Bob Eggleton poster. <clears throat> And I was like, that that's pretty cool too. And then um I don't know, it played around a couple of festivals and then I think it was like kinda of out of nowhere, uh, I guess uh, Shout Factory signed on to distribute it and um I don't think there's a physical release. I think it's because we're in a digital hellscape, I, I think it was just like <laughs> you know, you wanna see it, just it's out there, but you know, you can't rent it. Or you can you can rent it or buy it, but you can't physically own it. Yeah, yeah. The weird thing with Shout Factory is every once in a while they'll just like announce, "Hey, this thing is out on Blu-ray now without any fanfare." So, um, but yeah, uh, the but yeah, all all that. I mean, I don't think I heard anything about that until the trailer came out, which I think was in September or something. And um, I found the trailer 
to be quite charming. Um, and uh, so I, I was charmed by the trailer, and I was like, okay, like I, I'm, I'm into this. Um, so uh, we'll we'll kind of get into how that uh, how that went um, in a moment, but. I guess uh I I'll take a crack at the uh at a you know a brief plot synopsis here. Um we have two friends who are in high school, but the high school I don't know. I don't know about the locations. I've never been to uh Oklahoma. I don't know what school this was at. Um but I <laughs> I the the campus seems more of a college than a high school. Again, I don't know. For all I know, maybe they filmed a high school, whatever. Um, uh, but, uh, so, uh, we basically follow two, um, back in my day, we called these folks Japanophiles, you know, now, now, now we, now we call them weebs. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <poor> Portan. <laughs> um, uh, these teenagers in high school, uh, really nerdy guys that are very in just into Japanese pop culture, um, and uh, even they both know a little bit of Japanese, uh, but they they kind of have that American weeb thing going on where it's like they just know about Japanese pop culture. They uh, they don't seem to know that much about Japanese people um, or humans in general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which does come up a few times. Uh, you know, they're early on. One of one of the jokes that I actually really liked was like, you know, they asked this Japanese exchange student, like, "What's your favorite anime?" And she's like, "The Lion King." And it's like, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because obviously anime is not a concept that Japanese should be familiar with. You know, I mean, anime is just something that's animated. You know, just like tokusatsu is special effects. Kaiju is, you know, a monster. You know, so, you know, uh, again, not to tangent, but, you know... You you look at those like is such and such a kaiju and it's like it, that's why you just got to realize it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, so yeah, so um, uh, Sean and Vic are the names of these these kids. Um, uh, Vic is an Indian kid who um, is having. This Japanese exchange student stay with them for a week, uh, but she's also like going to their school. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. We were talking about this before before we started. So she's she's living with a host family for a week and going to school. I don't know. I mean, I we had exchange students. That's just never how it was. <laughs> When I, <laughs> I've had that that happen before, where like we've had uh, somebody who like stayed with us for a week, and they might just like shadow me at school. And- really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I was always used to exchange students being here for like a semester or whatever. Um, 
But anyway, obviously, you know, it's she's a you know a cute Japanese girl. So obviously, these two, you know, horny teenagers are all like, "Oh my god," you know, whatever. Um, and uh, like most, um, just completely tone deaf, you know, dopey kids. You know, they're you know showing her, you know, their 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 toys and their anime collections and. And are like, uh, you know, thinking she's going to be impressed or whatever, and she's just kind of like, you know, I, whatever. And they the they make her watch this uh, anime movie that was previously thought to have been lost, but it had just kind of hit the bootleg circuit. And um, I don't remember what it's called. It's some absurdly long title that you know you see in a lot of Japanese stuff. Um, and they're all pumped because, you know, they thought this, this movie was lost and here it is. And, um, so they watch it and, uh, from watching it, the three kids basically get superpowers. Um, Sean can turn into a mecha and Vic ends up turning into a monster and like, uh, tensions grow between them. Um, because, uh, Vic has this new, uh, cocky sense of self-confidence where, you know, he's, he's trying to get all the hot girls and the other kid is like, Hey, this is actually kind of like messed up. We should do something. Um, and then the, the, the girl, I don't know, she doesn't really get like powers until she, they just like kind of come out of nowhere at the very end. Um, there's, you know, different subplots, um, mostly with the family, um, but the main conflict is it turns out that this anime film was made by a uh, this crazy studio executive who had this weird prophecy about the end of the world uh, at the, the turn of the century. This is a period piece um, taking place in 1999 and uh, into New Year's Eve of 2000, and so it brings up all the Y2K hysteria and stuff. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Sean's karate teacher is actually um, played by Billy Zane, and I guess, I don't know, uh, he, he ends up being kind of involved in this prophecy, and uh, his wife, played by Yumiko Shaku, um, is around kind of encouraging um, uh I need Mickey is the name of the exchange student. So she's like there to kind of coach her and get her acclimated to, you know, American culture. And, you know, she's invited over for Christmas dinner. And, you know, the, the kid uses the, the one kid uses his Mecca powers to, you know, cook the Turkey, which another conversation we were having off the air is turkeys for Thanksgiving, not Christmas. Um, I'm 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 a ham guy for Christmas. Uh anyway. So as New Year's Eve approaches, uh things get weird. And uh I guess that's where we'll leave off for now and you know, we'll we'll get into uh the the nitty gritty a little bit later, but um uh that's the movie. Uh I think um uh, just, I, I would like to stop talking, so I am going to <laughs> pass the mic to Matt for 
um, you know, general overall first impressions and, and all can, that stuff. Can I just say, you were so enthusiastic about this <laughs> time <laughs> Um, I, You know, conceptually, I like a lot of what this movie has to offer and the ideas behind it. I genuinely think the idea of like this movie being tied to uh, the Anna or the unfinished movie or whatever that is lost or thought to be lost being tied to the end of the world and the way that plays out in the end with a little bit of a twist. Um, I think those are good ideas. Obviously the director is a fan of this stuff. I think that very clearly shows through where I really struggle with this movie is the characters and the portrayal of weeb culture. Um, they were, I could not relate to them in any way, shape or form. And the thing about having like very stereotypical characters and having like the in jokes therein, um, if they're not charming, then like it, it doesn't work. And unfortunately, that, you know, the, the characters that you spend all your time with, that you're supposed to root for, that you're supposed to, you know, as they're going through their growing pains and as they're having friction in their, both their friendship and their romantic relationship. And then you have this conflict at the end involving um, someone that they thought they could trust, but actually could not trust. I felt nothing for them. And that's a shame because I think conceptually this movie actually has a lot going for it. I also honestly appreciated the, uh, the movie interweaves uh, a lot of animation sequences into the live action stuff. I enjoyed that. Um, I know maybe others did not, but like I personally did enjoy that. So I think there's stuff to enjoy within the movie, but man, the characters really just took me out of it. So that's my, those are my initial thoughts. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, there's a couple layers to the issues with, the characters, because overall I, I agree with pretty much everything you just said, especially as far as the characters go. Um, for me, um, yeah, when, when you are dealing with characters like this, um, I, think, I think you need to kind of be careful with a few things. With the dialogue, I think you need to you know, don't get too carried away with, you know, referencing this deep cut or that deep cut. Um, because eventually it stops feeling like a natural conversation and it starts feeling like, you know, the screenwriter being like, hey, you know, look how cool I am for knowing about all this stuff. <laughs> And, and the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Yeah, yeah, and and and, I, and, and this is this isn't something that is exclusive to this movie. I mean, there's a lot of postmodern uh, movies, especially in horror movies. You know, when you get into the really meta stuff, um, where that kind of becomes a a nitpick of mine. You know, I'll I'll admit it. I'll call it a nitpick, but it 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 it, it gets distracting after a little bit. Um, and then I, I think with them being unrelatable, it's it's not so much that their story arcs or anything like that are unrelatable. Again, I, I think it it comes to the execution because 
you know, once they get their superpowers and everything, there there's very abrupt shifts in the character dynamics. And I think stuff like that is always better when, you know, you see the tension between these guys. And, you know, obviously this one kid who's becoming the kaiju or whatever, he is turning, you know, he, he's being manipulated by, you know, whatever forces possessing them or what have you. Um, and so, you know, it comes to a point where, you know, things come to a head, you know, he, you know, gradually sort of after they get powers, he's just kind of just being a jerk, you know, he's just trying to get laid and, you know, he doesn't seem all that concerned with anyone but himself. And I guess the movie's way of telling us that visually is like he, he like slowly becomes, you know, a singer of like a new metal band. So, you know. You know, once once he's, you know, the guy from Power Man 5000 or whatever, it's like, oh, he's like full evil now before, you know, turning into the monster or whatever. But I I think arcs like that are going to work better if there's a reason to think that before all the conflict arises, there may already be tension between them. And we really don't get that. Um, And that way it's more like, you know, whatever force he's fallen to is preying on something that is already there. Um, and instead it's just like, Oh, he's there. He's going to be an asshole for a half hour and then they're going to be friends again anyway. And so, you know, you know, that, that was just an arc that just, I don't know, didn't, didn't do it for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, I I do think that they're they're almost so nerdy that I'm like I I have a hard time relating to them, you know. I mean, not that I think people like that in real life don't exist. <laughs> you know, look, I've been to G-Fest. I've interacted with lots of the, these guys. Um, but you know, I I think I don't think that there's much there to like really draw the audience in. I guess. Um, I don't know. So I'm I'm with you on the characters there, and that's my big hang-up. And, you know, there's some plot stuff that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, so, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm i actually pretty into the, uh, to the character stuff um, throughout the first uh, half of the movie. Uh, it's, it's more the, honestly, a lot of the effects that take me mm. out of it. Uh, but that's, that's a later conversation perhaps for sure. Uh, I guess kind of to like counter some of the stuff that you were saying. Um, like I, I didn't find that references to be overkill. Uh, some, 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 uh, of the, uh, people I, I know have, uh, approached me and late and been like, Oh, these, these references are so social or so surface level fake fan, not enough deep cuts. And I'm just like, God, no, please please, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're good there. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's at a level where it can be understood by a, you know, casual audience. And I think that's what he was going for. He wasn't making this just for, for Tokusatsu fans. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of like the, the interactions, um, I think there's a little bit of a hint of the that you know Vic is more concerned about appearances and and kind of what other people think of him than uh than Sean is at the beginning you know like uh this bully comes up and like how do you say eat a dick in Japanese and Sean oh yeah like, 
uh, like he kind of stands up to the guy yeah. with a sigh and, and Vic like <laughs> yells at him. And then later Vic is like trying to hit on a girl and he does it in a really awkward way. Whereas like Sean doesn't seem to have any interest in anybody other than like we a Yeah. So, uh, so from that perspective, it's, it's kind of like laying those seeds that like Vic might want to do other things with his life than just like be a, be an otaku. Um, but yeah, it does feel a little abrupt and then it's not fully resolved. I think in terms of, you know, like they decide that they're still best friends and everything, but like, are they, are they gonna change their, their ways at all? Or yeah. Yeah. Go back to to hanging out and and doing anime all the time, or is he going to go like hang out with other people as well? I mean, probably not the girl that got vaporized, but (laughs) (laughs) right, right, right. Um, uh, I, I think a lot of the stuff that worked better for me is, like, the B and C plots. Um, like, uh, Billy Zane gives a, a fun performance as this, like, uh, you know, kind of, um, southern... Karate master. Yeah, southern <laughs> karate teacher who, uh, you know, I mean, I guess we can start getting into more spoiler-heavy stuff, so... As always, stop listening right now if you care about this stuff. Uh, but, you know, it, it, he, he actually turns out uh, to be the guy leading this, like, doomsday cult that's in this prophecy that this guy had and turned into a lost anime movie. And um, his wife, Yumiko, Yumiko Shaku, she is, you know, um, uh, like, helping him. So they're, like, the big bads of the movie. Um, and they're both good in it. They're both really enjoyable. And I, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, they've been doing stuff like this for a long time. They know the assignment. Um, and there, there's some, there's some stuff with Billy Zane and, you know, the, the one kid, um, that I liked. Um, and then, uh, the, one of the things that I liked more, even though I don't know that I necessarily buy it so much as far as believability goes but you know the whole deal with the exchange student was she was like i want to go and i want to live with an indian family and you know just because of translation and cultural misunderstandings and and stuff like that her thing is like she's obsessed with native american culture and that's what she meant when she said indian and they sent her to be with an Indian family, not a Native American family, and so she's like confused by it, and you know he ends up saying like, you know what, it's it's cool, don't worry about it and like he takes her to the museum and you know, kind of she gets like a crash course in you know, Native American history and stuff like that I, I thought was a lot more interesting to me than you know, this conflict between these 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 two kids um I like th- those are the parts of the story to me that felt more organic. The the, yeah, the like, Native American mm-hmm. kind of like obsession is a, is a little bit weird, but I guess it's a good balance to the you know Japan obsession that the, our our two main male characters have. Yeah, I'm just not sure if th- that translation error could go that far. <laughs> You know, I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm not sure what how much Japanese know about Indian or Native American culture. So I, 
I have no idea, but well, and and to me, it definitely reads like as soon as she she arrives at the airport, she's like, "Oh, I have made a mistake." Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there are, there are there are people that were saying like, "Oh, she's so dumb, she never figures it out." Like, no, no, this is <laughs> that's not. not yeah, I, I mean. Uh yeah I, I I and I mean there's some stuff I mean the relationship with um Sean and his dad is a I mean it's pretty cliche coming of age movie stuff and I mean they they legitimately like recreate a scene from Into the Spider Verse at one point but I mean stuff like that again I mean is cliche or I guess stock as some of it seems all like f- just felt more. I don't know. It felt more. I would. I would rather see more of that than this relationship with the two main kids. Just because, like all all the other things, felt more organic to me. I, I just, you know, and and yeah. I mean, one once they turn into their respective, you know, uh, like otaku characters. You know, the robot and the mo- monster. You know, the one kid literally like just comes out and uh, and just like uh, ba- tries to kill his best friend, and it's like, <laughs> that is, there's, yeah. yeah, there's not really much of a motivation for the fight to start or the fight to get resolved. <laughs> so, you know, I I mean, at the end, it's just like they fight, they like go their separate ways, and then they're like, oh, we need to team up to. You know, use our powers to stop this doomsday cult situation, and then they're just like, "Oh, I guess we're friends again." And then it's like, that's it. The stuff that that I liked, um, I, I do like the twist at the end. Um, I, I do think that there, like, there's some there's some fun to be had in during the climax where they're trying to sacrifice the girl, and it, it's it's. I mean, um there's a sequence where Yumiko uh, Shaku's character is trying to like kill uh, one of the kids and like Billy Zane's character actually sacrifices himself to, to save him in that, in that moment. And you know, there's some stuff in this, like I said, to be, there's fun to, to, to be had, but man, I just, the nerd culture stuff, I was really grating for me mainly because like, I know people like that exist but they felt so over the top and stereotypical that I just can never fully buy in. And they lack the kind of believability or like charm or like just night, like being naive, that sense of like innocence and, and naivety that kids can have. We're like, Oh, this is clearly just a kid being an idiot. And so like, it feels more believable, but these are older, you know, like they're, they're a bit older for that. So like, it's hard for me to relate to them on any sort of level that way. And it was, it was honestly, it was kind of frustrating. Like it really, I had to, to actually break halfway through the movie and it's like 90 minutes and I had to like take a pause because of like, man, these are just, I was just frustrated by, by the whole, by the characters. Um, but again, like there's some fun to be had. I did it. I enjoyed, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the effects sequences. I wasn't expecting much though. Um, I enjoyed the animation sequences and while, obviously they have some, some flaws like in the, in the kind of budget this movie probably had, like, I don't, it didn't bother me. That part didn't take it, take me out of the movie. That was probably the part that I actually would, would have said I enjoyed the most maybe. Uh, well, I mean, let's, let's 
talk about that because I, I don't know. This is maybe uh I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna have to be a little bit of the bad guy here. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I I I always have a hard time when it comes to these like really low budget independent movies. I mean, no matter how good or bad, like I there's a little bit of like guilt because it's like no one tries to make a bad movie. Especially people that are, are doing it on the cheap by themselves, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, I, I never want to, you know, I, I believe it or not, I don't like coming out and trashing movies most of the time, especially something like this, which is, is clearly a labor of love, you know, and it's not easy to make any movie, you know, there's that stereotypical, you know, catchphrase or whatever that a lot of filmmakers say is like it 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 is literally a miracle that any movie gets made um but i i mean it's so so when we're talking about the effect scenes uh i mean uh the cg is <laughs> bad um not not that i would expect it to be good um really you know there's this whole scene where the kids, you know, turns into the mecha, and he's like learning to fly, and he's bumbling around, you know, an airplane, and it's like, ugh, um, you know. But I, I'd rather not pick on the CG. I, I, I'd rather focus more on the practical effects side um, because that there is some real talent involved here. We mentioned the Chiodo brothers. We mentioned Daisuke Sato. Um, for me, um, well, as far as the animated bits go, again, I'm, I'm not going to come down too hard on it, but like they, they look more like modern flash animation than like, you know, anime or anime from this time period, really. Um, again, though, you know, that's not, I'm not going to make a f- too fine a point of that. I, I, but what I do want to talk about is the, um, like the suits and things like that. I mean, you know the these suits, especially the kaiju one, um, just seemed really below par for the talent involved. Um, I mean, the Chiodo brothers. Uh, you know, I mean they they are master monster makers. I mean, they, I it, so you know for this you know hairy sasquatch like monster that you know i mean can't blink or move his mouth when he talks like it's like i i really wish this looked better um and then even even the tokusatsu stuff i mean we we've all seen howl from beyond the fog and we we all know what daisuke sato is capable of but uh it just lacked something and um you know at the end there's these big like demon creatures that are like you know, floaty skeleton things, and, you know, they have some really, like, not great compositing and and CG, like, effects around them. Um, And so, you know, even the the tokusatsu sequence isn't quite, I don't know, isn't quite what I was was hoping for. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of that is due to budget, some of that is due to how the scenes were lit, and, you know, you know how you know depending on you know who the dp was and and stuff like that but uh yeah i mean uh, I, one thing i was looking forward to was you know the practical effects and i you know i came out just being like eh 
just the, it, it didn't so much do it for me. The the suit at the end, I think, is is sufficient. It's just uh, it's kind of a combination of it's it's fighting these floating things that are composited in, and you can tell that they're composited in, and then um, it, the in terms of miniatures, like we have a. I think we see one barn or something, but the idea is that yeah. there's an like, empty field in the middle of Oklahoma, so it's it's not really anything uh, to give it all that much sense of scale. And especially if it's a tribute to Kaiju and, and Mecha, you'd expect a little bit more of that kind of miniature stuff going on. Yeah, it's more like how like Godzilla versus Megalon just taking, you know, that that fight at the end is just like... In the middle of nothing. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. Yeah, you see like a miniature barn blow up or whatever. So there's not much there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wish I wish I could say more on that end. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's just some weird stuff that, that we get in the climax like you know it's established that uh the exchange student character gets really uncomfortable around violence and her physical reaction to that is the hiccups and so you know her power is basically like uh, they don't really tell us <laughs> she just becomes this kind of like giant spirit thing and you know immediately like murders uh, a person <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Stuff like that could have been, I guess, more clearly defined because, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite understand how really anything was working by the end, which I don't need the most logic here, but some kind of internal logic would, I guess, be helpful. I guess uh I guess I guess one thing I'll I'll say I I wish there was more um with the Y2K stuff. I mean like I don't know. Yeah. I, we're old. So <laughs> if someone under the age of like 20 watches this, they're not going to even know what that is probably. You know, yeah. and it, it it doesn't really it doesn't really say what will happen at midnight, other than you know this doomsday cult is going to do something. Um, they need to resurrect the old gods, they say. Which, I mean, the the most we get of that is like they like make a green like puddle in the in the in the. <laughs> in a field and then like those skeleton things come up, but I don't, I don't really understand, uh, the cult aspect. Like there's a twist at the very end, like the, the girl, um, that's in their class that Vic has been trying to hook up with. It turns out like all along she was like seducing him to try to use I, what, like, like why? To, she was basically instigating the, the fight between him and his friend is essentially what it was. Right, but, like, what does that have to do with, like, any they, of the cult stuff? The, the the cult knows that these people can, if they have their stop powers, them. stop yeah. them. So they decide to turn them against each other. So Billy Zane gives uh, gives Sean his, his karate lesson and tells him, like, 
oh, you got to you got to make yourself the person that you want to be by cutting out the people that are toxic in your life, <laughs> whatever. And, um, and then, uh, the, the girl goes after Vic and is like, Oh, that guy's a loser. You should fight him or something and grow beard. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually not inaccurate at all. <laughs> yeah. He grows. Yeah. Well, he grows like a, a soul patch mid movie. Yeah. He grows like a soul patch and it's like, you know, he's like the singer from Godsmack or something. Um, it's all him turning into a kaiju at the same time that, like, the other guy is getting his, like, mechanical arms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of confused, like, why was she part of the cult? Like, how, who are, like, who are the cult? And it, like, okay, if we know that, like, one of their classmates is part of this cult, like... You know that that just kind of makes you want to know other things. Like, are they, you know, who who who's doing this with them? Like, why? Well, she's she's a nihilist. Like when she's first introduced, she's in class being like, Ugh, "I just want to die," and like um, then later at the party, she's like, "Ugh, I can't wait until Oklahoma is destroyed so we don't have to put up with all this," or you know, something along those lines. So, well, I mean, a lot of us probably can't wait for Oklahoma to be destroyed. So, you know, <laughs> I get it. Like, Bert, like when she's doing, she's going to join the cult right at the end. It's nigh and, and so on and so forth. So like, and I, I mean, to, I think to bird's point, like the cult, it feels loosely explained and not necessarily, like we know what they want to do, but not necessarily the why behind that. And maybe it's as simple as, hey, they just they want they want to release the old gods or whatever. But like it doesn't there's not a strong like motivation factor, at least to me. And I think that's maybe. Also, you know what? It's time we just (laughs) ban bullies from movies until (sighs) until we can get this worked out. There there's a problem and it goes everywhere from, you know, the recent It movies to Stranger Things to this. I understand that bullying is a very real threat. And I understand that it does a lot of really awful things. And often, more often than anyone would like, ends in, you know, kids killing themselves. Kids, you know, getting in awful situations. But I, I think I think it's time that we get a, another take on bullying than, you know, just the guy who just is like, hey, nerds, you know, and pushes them into lockers and trips them in class and stuff. I, I just, I think that that version of the movie Bully needs to be put away for a while. And, you know, if you need a bully in your movie find another angle because like I just feel I feel within the last few years I feel like I've just seen so much of this done so poorly and you know at least like it I can give the benefit of you know whether the book or any of the ver- movie versions you at least you you end up getting some backstory into why a bully is being a bully um, but you know, a lot of the times people just go for the, you know, Oh, Hey, what's up nerd? You know, trip you in class, you know, shoot spitballs at you, push, push you in a locker or whatever. Um, 
I I just we need a different thing with that because this movie was like one of the worst offenders of that I've seen lately. Yeah, I I agree. Like, <laughs> yeah, that 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 is an element that I I like of all of the pieces that I find like relatable and somewhat nostalgic uh, for my own life in terms of you know being a, a cringy weeaboo youth or whatever, like the, the bully is the piece that doesn't really resonate with me. And, you know, maybe that is my own, uh, tall person privilege. But, uh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've never been like severely bullied, but you know, all throughout school as a kid, you know, there's always, you know, kids that are jerks to you. And, um, and I, I know people and I've been around bullying, that are that is much worse and like it's never like that and you know it's usually you know i don't know i it's just the, it just the, seems oh. like such a a stereotypical version of it that just in general pop culture should have outgrown not just like i said i mean we, we've seen it a lot lately the piece that felt the most authentic to me was you know when the guy comes up and he's you know, saying racist things or whatever. So Vic like starts yelling at him and then the teacher gives Vic detention. Like that feels like something that like is authentic to bullying. Experience yeah, yeah. I've witnessed it. It's like people that like leverage reactions to like trick other people into being subjected to institutional power. Stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I had a friend in high school that like, reported multiple times that he was being harassed and bullied and eventually they they did nothing for like months and he snapped and he beat the crap out of the kid and like stomped him in the head so hard they like basically busted his eardrum and i'm like well what did you expect him to do he's getting his face slammed in the locker every single day and you don't <sighs> jack shit about it yeah like, like and and that's like I think that's the frustration with this movie and the level of like bullying it's very stereotypical like oh you like something that's that's a, that's nerdy. So I'm going to pick on you. That's not really how it works in real life. Yeah. And oh God, I don't know. I mean, just, I've heard stories from a lot of people like Godzilla fans. So maybe I just got lucky. People never bothered me about, about Godzilla. I, I, I mean, yeah, if any, like, if anyone bothered me, it was, <laughs> it was usually like racially motivated or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I never like I never hid my my interest of Godzilla. You know, I would bring Godzilla books to read in in school, and yeah, everyone was just like, yeah, whatever. Like that's Kyle. <laughs> he he's weird and he likes a lot of weird stuff. But you know, whatever. It, it was always something else that that people were bothering me about. Yeah, like often. I'm I'm sure it's happened, but like I feel like often in my experience and like other people that I've talked to that definitely were bullied, it's they get picked on. Maybe their ha their like hobby gets made fun of, but that's like what the bully picks up, like focuses on out of like because of other things. So I had a I had another friend in high school who he was a huge Star Trek fan. He loved. He actually carried a Klingon dictionary. He learned Klingon to the point where he was fluent, and he would also try to interject that in every single conversation that he had with people. Well, that's yeah. why people are, don't well, like him. <laughs> well, that's part of it, right? It's, it's that like in that social unawareness of like being able to relate to others about other things mm -hmm. besides what you like. However, he was not a small, he was not a small kid. 
He also refused to shower, like for weeks. <laughs> if you were in the room with him, it was very apparent. And like those, like uh, you should never bully people. But like, I don't know that it's just the hobby that people focus on. I think they pick on that as like, hey, I can focus on this because of other things that I just don't like about that person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a big problem. And I mean, like the kid that you were talking about that like busted the the other kid's eardrum, it's like, yeah. I, yeah. He got kicked out of school for that. Like, yeah, well, they, yeah. And, and I mean, he that's the victim. Like, that's, right. Right. And, and that's the case where it's like, you know, if you don't do something, someone's gonna do someone's gonna do some damage to somebody, whether it's yeah, and you know that can result in the bully getting killed. It can result in uh, the, I, there's been like a ten and eleven year olds killing themselves, which right. in my like for me feels just unfathomable that that a kid that young yeah. would have. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, go a different angle with this. Like, even do maybe like, you know something like cyber like cyberbullying that that's something that really isn't brought up a lot i mean it yeah, is it is that in 1999 that's kind of well yeah that's true that's true that's very true yeah but i, I do think you could have gone like the jealousy angle i think is more that feels more realistic like find something that the 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 antagonist doesn't like about the kids that isn't related to their hobby and they're he's jealous for whatever reason or, or provide some sort of backstory you mentioned it like provide the backstory that shows okay this kid has a really messed up life at home and he doesn't know how to process and so he's acting out because of it right yeah i, I mean i i think that i don't know i i just i don't know it's such a like nothing part of this movie but it is one That's of the, the things other- it it is one of the things that like is distractingly like, but like, cliche. it does happen three or four times. I think, like, I mean, like, it's not a big part of the movie. That's true, but it's in the movie enough to be like, essentially annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know. I like the the bullies are never like. Um, I don't know. The bullies always like. I don't. Know, in real life, I I never found like the bullies to be like the really popular kids. They were just like. Dumb kids. <laughs> Christmas. They, they were they were Christmas story like bullies. Like, that actually feels like a more accurate. Yeah, they're they're just like these they are. doofus kids that had nothing going on always, you know. But yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I I I was really like the trailer came out. I was really kind of driving with it, and then the movie itself just kind of. You know, all those things just kind of fell flat for me. I mean, there, there's, there, there is some charm here, and there is some stuff to enjoy. There's some fun performances, and um, you know, there, there's enough here that uh, you know, if if this director, you know, makes another movie, and you know, it's a premise that I think sounds interesting, you know, I I would be willing to give it a shot. You know, I mean, but I I just I don't know. I wish I liked it more. I wish. I wish there was just more. What's a uh, what's a good rating scale for this one, guys? How many? Jeez. Uh, um, how many? How many uh, new metal soul patches do you give this <laughs> out of five? Um, I'll go first. I'm going to give this a two and a half. I I, I do think like. 
I do appreciate what it's going for. I do appreciate a lot of things about the movie. The characters really, again, took me out of it for a lot of reasons. But, like, there is some stuff to like, so I can't be overly harsh. Um, so I'm going to give this, like, like a two and a half. And I, I think for, like, listeners of our podcast, it's probably worth checking out. If mm-hmm. you were to ask me what I recommend, it's, like, a, just a mainstream audience, I would probably say no. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a two and a half. Like I said, I mean, there's, there's some charm to be here that, um, and there, there's a lot of elements to it that are likable, but overall as a whole, it just doesn't land as, you know, a cohesive piece for me. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, first director, first screenwriter kind of hiccups here that, uh, you know, I kind of pull me out of it a little bit, but um, you know, I mean, the, this 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 guy uh, Eric, uh, I'm I'm rooting for him. I mean, I like I said, I mean, this was clearly something he's passionate about, and um, you know, if he does a project with you know that I I think sounds interesting, I I check it out. But you know, I, I I don't know. I was really looking forward to this, and it just it just didn't quite work for me. Um, but if you are a fan of of uh, you know anime, kaiju, Japanese pop culture. I mean, it's not the kind of thing that you're gonna watch and be miserable. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, feel free to check it out. I, it's, this isn't one where I'm gonna be like, eh, don't do this, you know. I mean, um, but you know, it, it's something that I would say is worth you know maybe checking it out when you know it pops up on a streaming service you have or. Something like that. I think it's on Amazon now for like four bucks. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, worth watching if if you're like super into this stuff, maybe. But I, I wouldn't recommend it to you know just your average Joe. But um, so a two and a half. I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I'm just kind of bummed it wasn't better for me. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, so I'm going to be a little more uh, generous than you guys. And, you know, part of it might just be that kind of communal sense of experience uh, in terms of uh, watching and remembering what it was like in 1999 to, to be into this stuff. And uh, a lot of it is quite awkward and cringy, but those were awkward and cringy times sometimes. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, as as they say in Gundam, uh, uh, one does not care to acknowledge the mistakes of one's youth. Uh, so, look, hey, I'm just I'm dropping in random otaku references into this conversation. How very unnatural of me! Come on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, it was it was kind of a a little bit of a, a self reflexive uh, trip down memory lane as I'm watching this other ad- adventure, and it's, it's you get kind of a sense of, um shared experience that mm. way that I really got a, a kick out of. Um, that said, you know, when, when the, the monster stuff starts, I was like, Oh, this, this could be like, I was, I was liking the drama, the effects stuff, like left something to be desired. And it's kind of, you know, like the inverse of a, like a, 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 a Zarkor, the invader scenario where you're like, Oh, this, these effects are neat, but maybe the story needs work. So, um, I will give it uh, three and a half uh, Japanese girls getting startled by uh, animatronic animals that people just decorate their houses with in America. (laughs) 
Oh, you know, um, like I just hearing hearing you talk about you know the nostalgic stuff uh, with you know living through that time period. I mean, we're we're all the same age, and I don't know. Maybe it's just. I don't know, maybe it's just a matter of difference in, in life experiences, but I, I wish I had more of that nostalgic connection to this. Um, you know, I mean, there wasn't anything that really felt super, like, 1999 about it to me. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, my, like, my my high school experience wasn't like this, really, and, you know, I, I didn't... Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was never, you know, super, you know, into, you know, I didn't have like these crazy collections of stuff like these guys did. And, and so I don't know that I didn't get that out of it. The the most nostalgia ish moment that I felt was at the beginning when he gets the bootleg DVD. Although in my case, it would have been VHS, um, of the 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 lost yes. anime movie and you know it, he was like oh you know i've been waiting weeks for this you know it wasn't like now where you know oh you paypal someone and you get it 4 days later or whatever um and you know being super pumped to like rip open the packaging and look at the you know shitty xerox cover art or whatever like that that is so, like basically just was the constant experience of growing up as a fan of this stuff without it being as available as it is now. And so I got it there. Everything else I was like, and and I think that might be why I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I wish there was a little bit more of the Y2K stuff because I wasn't connecting to the, 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 the period it's supposed to be set in that I lived through as much. So, um, but uh, that does remind me though. I mean, what do you think it is about American made, I mean, I'm talking more like micro-budget, low-budget, independent stuff that is keeping the like effects, practical effects element at such a marginally different level of quality than you know the Japanese counterparts to it. Like, why? Why do you think that is? And this is a problem that goes all the way back to like. Ultraman USA or, or something like that. Like it's, it's a, it's a recurring thing. Um, and I don't have a, a strong explanation for it other than maybe just the, maybe the, the, there's not that kind of, on one hand there's a, there's a, a know-how, but sometimes it's not actually that the technicians are doing work on other things. Sometimes they, they have, you know, somebody is working on like a Ultraman show and they decide to go do their own fan film. Uh, but sometimes it's just kind of a, a very, uh, glib attitude that I, I see sometimes and not necessarily with, with this movie. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to cast any accusations, but sometimes a, a sense of like, Oh, well this is, this is cheap rubber monsters suits cardboard buildings whatever and they just kind of think like this is easy we can knock it out in an afternoon as opposed to like this will be well, a, yeah there, a there's the one ultraman day. series that like that's like what it's known for doing pretty much exactly that was that was the problem with the uh, american uh yeah. ultra that was one of the problems with and, that. and it I'm, seems it, it it seems not like i i don't even think it's like poor intentions or 
even I wouldn't even say it's like really even like trying to half-ass it. I think it's just like I think it's a fundamental misunderstanding of and maybe it's a cultural thing, but of of what these things entail and what they should be like it's it's they're out of their they're out of their element um and and so i and i I, and i think part of that is because you know i mean you know going back until like you know fairly recently i mean you you look at movies like you know independence day titanic even stuff like lord of the rings there was there was a lot of like really solid top-notch miniature work involved in those but those are like giant mega budget things where you know yeah you can have the white house blow up and like you have enough money and enough crew to make it happen and look good when you're looking at something that's more low budget and they don't have those resources they don't have the kind of traditional understanding of what makes it that, you know, I think in Japan, I think a lot of these effects units that are working today, whether it's on indies or on the TV shows or on movies, a lot of them come from, like, a traditional line of learning about tokusatsu. Like, I mean, right now, you know, there's a lot of guys that studied under Kawakita, you know, after he'd retired from movies and basically just taught tokusatsu uh classes you know in in, at universities um and you know a lot of his students are the guys making a lot of these indie things and you know they're gonna coach other people and there's gonna be that snowball effect that you know even if it only exists in people making five to ten minute shorts there's an understanding there whereas here in america i don't think we really have that kind of baseline i guess um you know, tradition of learned knowledge of that craft, just because Hollywood's so big and so full of crew and and craft people. I mean, you're doing a low budget thing. You have a crew of like probably like less than ten guys to come up with a miniature set. They're not going to have the skill set that a similar crew on a similar production in Japan would have. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off base, but I don't know. Do you guys think I'm making? some kind of sense here. I mean, definitely that's, that's a, a part of it. And I think there's just a different mentality a lot of the time that comes from uh, perceptions of, of a lot of these movies, yeah. you know, we were, we were having a separate conversation about somebody was saying like, Oh, it's such a shame that mystery science theater didn't air in Japan because that's the way Gamera should be viewed. And it's like, I feel like if you're going into like, even the Showa Gamera movies, like viewing them as, Oh, these are these are real like cheap, laughable garbage. Then, if you try to make something that is going to imitate that style, you will make cheap, laughable garbage intentionally, <laughs> yeah. and or unintentionally. Even still, yeah. like, an earnest attempt. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think we that. all like MST. Also, yeah. I, I I think it's, but yeah, I think I think there's just a cultural divide there, and there kind of always has been. I don't know that I have a good answer, but I do think Kevin sort of like summed up where my head was, was at pretty well. Um, and the idea that like, if you're, <laughs> if you, if you have the the predisposition that you think these films are not, uh, they're, they're cheap and they don't have high levels of craft. And then you try to emulate that, then your output is going to obviously mimic that. And you're probably going to, and you are going to do uh, 
a, a worse job. Plus, like now, people are making movies essentially on their computer. You look at stuff like Kong of TNT, and it's like it. You end up getting a lot of the digital stuff, and they think that is supposed to be like. I guess a true kaiju movie in, in the sense, right? Like it's a giant monster movie, but they're, they're comfortable putting that out. And it's like, well, that's not the same thing. That's yeah. not the same level of detail or craft or passion. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to give stuff like that too much rope when, you know, the Astron six guys made Manborg for less than, literally less than what one of my paychecks would be <laughs> you know yeah and, Astron 6 is awesome manborg is great and and, and this does seem like it, it has the spirit almost of an astron 6 things at times not not so much the sense of humor but the aesthetic and it and it seems like that like i feel like this is like the kind of thing they would like excel at you know and we, yes um anyway um so that's EK boys. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, if Eric is listening to this, you know, um, you know, I it's nothing against you. It's just, you know, I'm I'm glad that this movie was able to get made. It's just, uh, you know, didn't didn't land with me. But it's you know, nothing nothing personal. I mean, I'm always rooting for the indie filmmakers that are gonna get off their ass, make a movie pour everything into it and you know i'm i'm always gonna be glad that they get a chance to do that i mean so i don't know also i'll, I'll say uh, christina higa for being a native english speaker like does a great job of playing a japanese person yeah i i wouldn't have guessed that you know her act so you're saying like her accent was not authentic yeah. 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 No, I, I wouldn't have guessed. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the only, honestly, the, God, I'm picking on these kids so much, but the, 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 the bird is the bully. The, yeah. Right. <laughs> the only, the two actors that I just had, their performances just didn't work for me were the two main kids. Well, the one played Sam from, uh, Trick or treat, I think. Yeah, and if anyone wants to feel really old, um, there's uh. that. But <laughs> uh, um, hey, this is since we've dubbed this our our Christmas episode. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all that stuff. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Um, if we have another thing, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like a movie that takes place in the snow or something. But I don't know. <laughs> we um, aim high at kaiju transmissions. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's sign off for for this one here. Later, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.